Welcome to episode number 40 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are currently in a series dealing with our finances. I've entitled this series, Finances Need Prayer and Faith. We obviously understand that our finances need prayer, but our finances also need to have faith to believe for the prayers that we make to the Lord because God wants us to believe in him. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to know that if we pray and we believe and we have faith to believe that we are going to receive the blessings of God. Today's episode is going to deal with how to have peace in financial decisions. We are faced every day in making decisions. A lot of people say, now really, how can that possibly be? Well, let me explain that to you. First of all, you get up in the morning and you make a decision as to whether you're going to get out of bed or not and what time you're going to get out of bed. So if that's easy for you, you move on to the next thing. Am I going to have breakfast? A decision. Or am I going to pass on breakfast? Another decision. If that's easy for you, maybe you just move on with life. But as soon as you walk out the door, there's a, usually a choice to make some kind of a financial decision. The decision might be whether you spend money on gas, fill your tank up, and where you shop to get your gas. You know, just a simple thing like making a decision on purchasing gas for your car can be huge. Where I purchase my gas, and I'm not, I don't want to give a commercial to the company that I deal with, but I deal with a company that gives me about 30 cents a gallon less price than what other gas stations do in the same area in the city of Scottsdale where I live. So a decision has to be made just quite frankly as soon as we get out of bed. Then we go to work and we start making decisions on how we're going to either make money or whether we're going to spend money. Now if you have your own business you're hoping that you make more that day than you spend. As a business owner for nearly 20 years of a real estate development company where we primarily did custom housing and land acquisitions and things of that nature, I had a goal every day to figure out ways to save money to run our company. Now sometimes the way you save money is you spend money. I might need to spend a little bit more for something, but I'm going to get a greater return on it. So that's another decision on money. You may be working for a company and when I work for a bank, every day the bank trusted me to make decisions on the finances they entrusted to me as to whether we could make money that day or lose money that day. So it really doesn't matter where you are. If you're if you work for a, a manufacturing company and you're making these little products and things, these things that you're stamping out or something that you assemble you know the the employer that you have is anticipating that you are profitable in your work so that you'll be able to make a profit for that company which makes you more valuable to that company so if your production goes up the company is blessed and hopefully they'll bless you so making financial decisions are with each and every one of us every single day. I'm going to focus on how to have peace in making financial decisions. Let's start with one of the most basic decisions that most of us have to make in life. And that would be in the area of shopping for groceries. As I'm working on this podcast today, my wife went out this morning and she said, I'll be gone for a couple of hours. I've got grocery shopping to do and I've got some other things to pick up. She's out there making financial decisions, just like you would be. She's out there deciding, all right, do I purchase this gallon of milk that's $3.90 or that gallon of milk that's $1.97? And she looks at the quality. She makes a decision on it. Of course, she already knows what she's going to buy, but nonetheless, she still needs to make that decision. And she'll make decisions as she goes down the aisles. Now, as you go down the aisles in a grocery store, they're they're set up to be able to trap us into spending more money. A lot of folks know what I'm talking about. You want milk, so where is milk? It's a staple. If you want bread, where's bread? It's in the very back of the store. The store wants you to go through every aisle up and down the rows and whatever to go buy these thousands of items they have for sale. And they're trying to entice you to purchase something because you're going to the back 
to get yourself some milk and they put it in the very, very back. That way you're going to have opportunities to spend more money. Well, it doesn't work real well with me because if my wife says, honey, on the way home, would you stop and get a gallon of milk? I go into the store, walk right straight to the store, grab the gallon of milk, go right straight back up to the cashier, check out, and go home. I'm not the kind of person that's going to be enticed by these items up and down the, the aisle. However, when I go shopping with my wife, which by the way, isn't very often, but every once in a while, she'll be going out and she's got a lot of stuff to buy and, she, and I'll say, well, I might just go with you. I've got some time. So when we go to the store together, she always likes that because when she can get me in that aisle and, and I'm walking slow and she's looking for this item and that item, then I see something else and I grab it and throw it in the basket. And she'll say, well, that's not on my budget. And I said, oh, that's okay. Well, let's get that. And as we go through the store, she says, we usually spend at least 15 or 20% more for what she was going to spend if I'm with her because I have a tendency when I'm with her and I'm slowed down and I'm just looking around and looking at the shelves to grab things and throw it in the shopping cart. So we have to make those decisions and she kind of likes it when I go because I kind of put a lot of extra stuff in there. So anyways, let's, let's move on. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would bless this teaching. I know I've shared a few things already. I pray that you would anoint that and bless it to the ears of the people who are listening. I pray that you would bless the remainder of this episode today. And Father, we desire peace in our decisions and peace, Father God, is given by you. Father, your word tells us in Romans 5.1 that by faith we have peace with God. So Father, this day we put our faith and our trust in you, Lord, and we ask for your direction, your peace when we make financial decisions, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to give you three vital areas that we need to have in order to make good financial decisions. First is prayer. Second is wisdom. And the third is peace. So let's go into each one individually and see what God's word has to say about those three areas. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 23 and verse number 23, it gives us this advice. Get the truth and never sell it. Also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. That's a great scripture in dealing with making financial decisions. First of all, it talks about gaining wisdom. It talks about the importance of understanding what we're doing. We gain wisdom by doing research before making a purchase. We get wisdom by doing something we call due diligence. Due diligence is when you set down a set of guidelines and directions and steps that we need to make before we make a decision. And so we determine if we're going to buy a new car, exactly how much money we can afford, type of car that would be best for our family or for me as an individual. We make those decisions based upon the the process of due diligence. In Proverbs 23, 23, it tells us to get truth. That means due diligence and never sell it. That means never go away from that. Stay in step with what your truth is that you're looking for in your game, your game plan. It says get wisdom. That means to understand what you're purchasing and why you're doing it. To have discipline, which means to have patience and to make good judgment. So the process of making a decision is vital. But a lot of people make financial decisions in the simple process of something we call impulse buying or impulse purchases. That's something you didn't plan. That's something you didn't work on. That's something that just kind of jumped right in your face and you made a decision. That's why the grocery store has a checkout counter with hundreds of little items as you're checking out on both sides of you with things called impulse purchases. They want you to buy those fingernail clippers or they want you to buy extra cans of breath mints or whatever it might be. They'll, they'll be selling things that you didn't even notice was in the store somewhere else because they want you to just make a purchase. Don't plan it. Don't seek the truth. Don't get wisdom. Don't get discipline. And don't worry about making a good judgment. When they do that, you go 
home and you wonder, how did I spend so much money? Where, where did all that money go? And the reason you feel that way is because you allowed an impulse purchase to rob you of peace. Because having peace in purchases is crucial. It's really God's plan for us in our financial decision-making. Now let's look at Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 6. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Verse 7, he grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. Verse 8, this is just too good to stop reading. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. You know, it's so important that we look at the Word of God and be sure that it applies to us. God wrote those words so that today in 2021, we can have clarity in the decisions that we made and the directions that we need from Him and the knowledge that we can get from God. So I mentioned earlier that we need to have three major things in our life to make good financial decisions. One is to pray two to have wisdom, and three to have peace. We've talked enough to think about wisdom right now. Let's move into the area of prayer. I don't think we should make any kind of a purchase without praying. And you say, well, you got to be kidding me. You mean when I get to the gas station, I should go out there and just ask the Lord to help me to know exactly which gas to buy? Well, the answer to that is yes and no. Yes, we should ask, but we should have asked before we even drove out of our house in the morning. I believe before I go out of the house every morning, the thing that is most important, and I do this every day, and, I, and I'm not boasting, it's something my wife and I both do, we get in the car and we say, Father, help us, Lord. God is Lord. We pray for your hand of protection over us. Help us in whatever we do today, the decisions that we need to make. I pray for your guidance and direction in Jesus' name. You see, if we start off in prayer, then we're going to move in the right direction as we go through our decisions each day. Let's get back to the gas station again. I don't know why I'm hung up on that this morning, but I guess it's because I've been paying so much for gas lately. And you pull into the gas station, you have a car. It's a nice average car. It doesn't require special fuel and whatever. And you have a decision to make. Do I get regular unleaded or an upgraded unleaded or premium unleaded gas, what do I do? I noticed yesterday that at the station I went to, there was nearly a 40 cents difference between regular gasoline and premium. Now, I know some cars require premium and there's just no way you can get around it. You've got to put that in there. However, most cars today, standard cars today, can operate just fine on regular gas. Now, I'm not a mechanic, so you can go check with your mechanic and whatever, but I do believe when it comes time, well, you should have gone back and make a decision. Let me, let me digress a little bit. Before we made the decision to buy that car, we should have determined whether it requires premium gas or whether it requires just regular unleaded. There was a car I was looking for. I won't say the name of it. It was a cute little little car. Well, I will say the name. It was a little, a little Mini Cooper. And the little Mini Cooper was cute. It was nice. had some storage. But I noticed that it requires premium unleaded. And I thought about that and I thought, you know, I can get another car that doesn't require that. And I don't have to spend 30, 40 cents a gallon every time I fill up. And it may be small, but see, decisions, the small decisions that we make will add up to make a big impact on our finances. So those are the kind of things we need to do. Some might think, well, that's kind of petty and kind of silly. Well, I don't believe it is at all. Anytime you seek the Lord and you ask God for wisdom and direction, you're not being petty. You're doing what the Word of God tells us, and that says to pray and seek the face of God. The Bible says in James chapter 5 and verse 16, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Another scripture I really enjoy is found in Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 in the New Living Translation. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. 
We all know that God wants his people to pray. He wants us to go to him daily and pray and many times during the day. Now, it's important that we understand something here and that is that people come to me and they'll say something like, Pastor, I want to make a good decision. I need to understand how I should go about making this decision. And I'll ask them right off the bat, well, have you been praying about it? And the answer is usually, well, yeah, some. I said, well, have you been praying about it every day? Well, no, not every day. Well, I think we're supposed to pray continually. Now, that doesn't mean we pray 24-7. I'm not saying that. But we should have a, a mindset of prayer, a desire to pray that, that when we're literally, I, I go into a parking lot. Now, this may seem silly to some of you, but I say, Lord, I pray that you'd help me find a good parking space. You know where I'm supposed to park. And if I'm going to park in a certain area, maybe you want me to be there because I'm going to run into someone that I'm supposed to encourage or speak to or say something positive to them. And so I pray about that. We pray about all the blessings that God has for us require a form of prayer. I don't think most people realize that all the great revivals that have taken place around the world for hundreds and hundreds of years were all set up on a foundation of prayer. In our own church, when I was attending Phoenix First Assembly, I was named the prayer pastor. Now, I didn't know what a prayer pastor was. I knew it was something you're supposed to do. I guess I should get in a closet and pray. And I, I really wasn't sure what I was supposed to do. But we sat down and we searched, researched it and found out the purpose, the, the need the church had for prayer, and that is to set up a time and a place for people to pray and teach them how to pray, when to pray, what to pray for, and those types of things. And so anyways, we started a prayer ministry and God blessed it amazingly. It, it went on for about three years. And at the end of that three years of prayer, we were having prayer meetings on Friday nights from nine o'clock in the evening till midnight and having seven to 800 individuals come out to pray for three hours on a Friday night. On one particular Friday night, we had a meeting where we were trying to honor our pastor, Pastor Tommy Mark Barnett, and he asked people to come and pray. He was going to be out of town, and it was his birthday. And so we had people pray, and we had 1,600 people come to church that night to pray for three hours. That gets the attention of God. Right after those prayer meetings, right after that focus and that concentration of prayer, the church exploded in, with people, in finances, in growth. Matter of fact, that's when the Dream City churches were birthed over in California by Pastor Tommy Barnett and his son Matthew. And at that same time, our church in Scottsdale was birthed right after that prayer time. You see, I believe God is waiting for his people to pray. It, there's a famous scripture found in the book of Chronicles. Let me read it to you. It's called in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will restore their sins and restore their land. It goes on to say in verse 15, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. Well, we can see the significance of prayer and how important it is to the word of God. And of course, it's vitally important to our walk with him. We've now discussed the area of how to find peace in our finances, in financial decisions. We talked about wisdom and how crucial it is to gain wisdom and understanding. We've talked about prayer and how vital it is to get the attention of God and to hear from the Lord. And now I'm going to close out this teaching. I've got a ways to go yet, but I, I want to kind of wrap this up talking about the subject of peace. This is probably one of the special places in my heart when it comes to helping people find how to have peace and how to discover peace in their decisions, whether it be financial, whether it be marriage, whether it be buying a house, whether it be choosing a certain job or whatever it might be. Our God wants us to have peace. Many times when I stand before the church and I've been preaching in the past and I'd say, how many people out here 
really desire to have peace. You're struggling with it and you need to figure out a way to have peace in your life. And I have seen times where 75% or more of the congregation will raise their hands and just basically saying they need peace. A lot of folks don't know how to get peace. And when they get it, they'll give it up very quickly. They might get a little touch of peace, but then they revert back to their old way of making decisions, not having a foundation of prayer, not seeking wisdom, and not asking for guidance from the Lord. So I want to talk a little bit about making decisions, dealing with having peace. The Word of God has so many examples of how to find peace. In the book of Isaiah, we read in chapter 26 and verse 3 in the New Living Translation, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Then in John chapter 14, verse 27 in the New Living Translation, Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. The Bible tells us to seek peace and pursue it. When it comes to make decisions in our finances, I can tell you for certain that the devil wants to cause us to have confusion. He wants us to be miserable, to be uncomfortable. He wants us to make radical decisions, quick decisions, to impulse buy, to purchase a car that we really can't afford, to get into a house that is just over our head, to make decisions on spending money on things that you're going to charge and create great amounts of debt. Those are things that he always uses to come after you. Now, I know a lot of folks are having challenges in their finances because it's, it's not so much bad decisions, it's maybe problems they've had with jobs that have been discontinued or possibly something to do with a health issue. I realize all those things can happen, but through all those things, we can still have peace. The Apostle Paul told us when he was teaching all throughout the New Testament, when he wrote the epistles, he's giving us examples of having peace. He wrote much of what he wrote about. He was being chased by people. He was either in prison or he was constantly under attack by people. And yet he always found a way to give us peace and wisdom and have a time of prayer. So if he could do that in prison, we can do that in our daily life. We need to make sure that when we seek peace and pursue peace, that we know that God's going to give it to us. Now you might have a question, well, how do I know that God is giving me the peace? How do I know it's not just simply me being lazy or it's just me wanting to get uh, make a quick decision and be out of it? Well, I believe that it's important we understand that when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of us. And when he dwells inside of us, he's there to comfort us and to help us and to guide us through the life, through our life. So when you pray about something and you don't have peace, for example, let's say you want to go out and buy a car. Sharon and I, my wife and I have always prayed about any kind of a major purchase. Of course, we pray about Lord directing all of our decisions, but sometimes when we get into a specific purchase, like maybe it's buying a couch or buying something that's $500 or $300 or whatever it might be, or even a new car or whatever, we want to pray and we want to be in agreement. Married couples out there, please listen to me. You should both be in agreement and be at peace before making financial decisions. But when my wife and I would go out shopping and we might go around and, and look for a car, I, I'm the one that was always wanting to look for cars and she was always one that looked, wanted to look for things to decorate the house. But in either case, we would pray about it. I can remember on many occasions when we were looking to purchase a car that I would do all the preliminary work and do the due diligence that I've talked about and get ready to make sure that my wife was comfortable with the decision that we need to make. So we would go down to the car dealership and we start to negotiate with the salesman, which by the way can be a very arduous, a very difficult, a very challenging experience. 
because you go into a car dealership and you're just looking to buy a car. You're not trying to purchase the Empire State Building. You just want to buy a car. And the salesman starts off with how can we get you in this car and what kind of a payment can you afford? What he's trying to do is rob you of your due diligence time because he doesn't make a commission if he doesn't sell you a car. And so I understand that. And I'm not putting down all car dealers. I don't put down car salesmen because I know several car salesmen who are great people and good people. And they've even told me, they'll tell people, no, this car is probably just too expensive for what you should be buying. I don't think it's a good purchase. Yeah, I've actually had people tell me that the car dealer told them that. But many times we get into that pressured position and we're in a situation where we want to make a decision and get out of there. So they try to sell you and sell you and sell you. And it's all about how much is the payment? What can you afford on the payment? Well, recently we had a car I needed to buy. It was a 19, 2019 new Jeep Grand Cherokee. And I had a price in my mind that I wanted to pay. And I just told them that's the number. Either match it or I'm going to move on. Well, they, of course, they had to bring out the manager and then the manager's manager and the manager's manager's manager and then the senior manager's manager manager. And it just went on and on to finally I just said, look, I'm going to leave now because I just can't go through this anymore. When I got to that point, and I realized that they were not going to let up. I just literally walked out of the dealership. I went down the street to a different dealership, told them I wanted to pay. They accepted the price and I moved on. You see, the devil wants to rob us of our joy. He wants to rob us of our peace. He wants to take away the wisdom that we are desiring. He wants to rob us of our due diligence plan in making good decisions. So anytime we get into a situation where it's stressful, where it's a lot of anxiety, we should probably turn away from it. My wife and I have always had a policy that if we're in the middle of trying to make a decision and we're not at peace, then if you're not at peace, we don't do it because we serve a God, a God of peace. He tells us about having peace in the fruit of the Spirit and found in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, where the fruit of the Spirit can be peace and patience. And I, I believe that he wants us to live a very peaceful life. So Sharon and I would always do this. We've done this on furniture. We've done this on vacation plans. We've done it on everything. When we want to make a decision, it's something we want to make jointly. We sit down and talk about it. We pray together about it. And if we don't have peace, then we're not going to do it. Because God is the author of peace. He is not the author of confusion. The author of confusion is the devil himself. He's the one that wants us to be frustrated. He's the one that wants us to get angry with each other and be, get upset with each other and argue with each other. But God gives us peace. The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. That's one of my absolute all-time favorite scriptures because I want peace. Matter of fact, I pray that scripture every single day. I can't go to sleep at night without praying that scripture and say, Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that I'll receive your peace and it will pass all understanding, Father God. And Lord God, it will guard my heart and will guard my mind in Christ Jesus. That's his plan for us. So I encourage you, if you're in the process of trying to make decisions, let me go back and make a quick review of what we talked about. First, pray about decisions. Pray about what you should do. If you're married, be in agreement about it and don't force one opinion over another opinion, but be in agreement. If you're not in agreement, then move away. And I think that's crucial for married couples. Individuals, find a good friend to pray with, someone to pray about a decision you're going to make, whether you're going to change jobs or whether you're dating someone and you're wondering what their thoughts are about this guy or gal. I think it's crucial that we pray together. So God wants us to pray before we make 
decisions, especially financial, not just especially, but financial decisions also. Then the crucial thing is to get wisdom, to gain understanding. Go through the steps of due diligence. Get a list of things you need to think about doing and, and do those and research those things and determine the best decision that you can make because God wants us to be people that seek wisdom and seek guidance. And then finally, it all adds up to one big issue and that's peace. When you've prayed, when you've done your, your work with wisdom and you've done your research, then you can have peace. And that peace is so sweet. I'm just sitting here thinking about decisions that we've made that weren't good. I remember as a builder, we, there were times we would buy a piece of property, we would build a house on it, we didn't pray enough about it, we didn't have peace about it, and it turned out to be a nightmare. And there were other proper properties when we prayed, we did things right, we sought God, we got wisdom, we did all the things we were supposed to do to make a good decision. We made a good, solid, calculated decision. We prayed, knew that God was in it, but most importantly, we knew that we had God's peace and sure enough, we build that project, buy a piece of property, put a house or two houses on a couple of different properties, and they would go extremely well. It was wonderful, and that's the experience that I want all of us to have when we're making these financial decisions. Because financial decisions, like I say when I first started this episode today, financial decisions will be in your face every single day of your life. And when you make a decision to spend money, that money's gone. If you go to a coffee shop and you spend $9 on a cup of coffee, you you can't get that $9 back. It's gone. It's, it's history and never be seen again. So it's important. You might think, well, what's the big deal about nine bucks? Well, if we think nine dollars isn't important then we need to have a lesson to learn because every dollar that we have from the Lord is important every good and perfect gift comes from the Father and I want to make good decisions I want to be at peace with my decisions because I know that if I am that God will bless it remember that peace is dwelling inside of us the Holy Spirit lives and dwells inside of us and when he he does he's going to speak up and he'll speak up by making us comfortable or uncomfortable about a decision that we're going to make if you don't know about that peace that I'm talking about, you don't have it inside because you've not given your life to Jesus Christ, I would encourage you right now, just say, Father, I'm sorry for the sins that I've committed. I repent of my sins and I ask Jesus Christ to become my Lord and Savior and I promise to serve him all the days of my life. If you prayed that little prayer, that little 20-second prayer, your life will be changed for an eternity. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to come to you, Lord, and seek your wisdom and guidance, Father, on making these financial decisions. I pray for peace for everyone out there, Lord, facing a decision today. I pray that they'd take the steps of prayer, finding wisdom, and seeking peace, Lord. If they'll do that, God, and they'll do it with all their heart and all their soul and all their mind, God, Lord, they will receive your wisdom and your peace. We thank you for it now. Bless them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that you received something special from today's episode. If you'd like to have more information or find out more about the things that I'm teaching about in these series, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com and you can look at the materials that I have there. I've written several books on prayer and on faith and on miracles and on Vietnam, my service there, and on finances, experience the joy of debt-free living. And I'd like for you to be able to get a hold of those and, and look at those. And I believe that God will bless you with it. In addition to that, if you're interested in subscribing to my podcast, you can do that on cpnshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. In the upcoming lessons, there's a number of topics I want to talk about in the area of finances. My next episode is entitled, 
how to obtain financial success. Let me just ask you this. Have you ever wondered, often wondered, why is that person successful financially and I'm not? Or why is that person very wealthy and this person is very poor? You may ask yourself, why can't I receive a financial blessings from God? I've tried, I've tithed, I've done what I could do. My wife and I have prayed about it. My friends and I have prayed about it. But for some reason, financial blessings don't seem to come into my life. Well, I'm going to deal with that and show you, in my understanding, how God wants to bless you and why he wants to bless you. And there's a purpose in God's blessing. Remember, God just doesn't give us tons of money so we can go out there and buy fancy cars and yachts and, and, and fancy condominiums all over the place. That's, that's not his goal. We can have a lot of wonderful blessings, but his primary goal is not to just give us all the money we can possibly handle. He has a goal to give to us so we can be a blessing to others. I kind of explain it this way. It's like a like we're a big giant piece of PVC pipe, a plastic pipe that's that's wide open at both ends. And the blessings of God come in one end and it comes to us and through us and we're blessed and we prosper and we have nice homes and we're taking care of our needs are met. But then it also goes then through us and out the other side so we can be a blessing to others. We are not in this to help people become extremely wealthy and just be greedy and hold on to it. The reason I want you to be blessed financially is because I want you to be a blessing financially to the kingdom of God and to the work that he is doing all around this world. I better stop there because I'm going to wind up speaking the entire lesson ahead of time. Let me just leave you with Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. This is crucial. Take this home with you. Don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, I pray that God will richly bless you.